Okay, so hello everyone. Uh, today my guest is uh, Giovanni Bartolomeo, the founder of Elemental Rhythm Breakthrough Experience, uh, amazing spa space holder, amazing teacher and breathwork facilitator. Uh, we have we had the opportunity to connect in Costa Rica a few months ago when I was living there. And you actually, you was such a big part when traveling for me, uh, when I was living there and like the whole breathwork experience and everything that has happened. So I'm really, really grateful that today we can dive a little bit deeper with uh, everything that will flow <laughs> today during our conversation. So thank you so much for sharing your oh. time. My absolute pleasure to be here to chat with you. Um, you know, I miss hanging out with you in Costa Rica. So I guess this is a great opportunity to just connect and share. And yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, so when I was, uh, so there's like many things that I want to talk to you about. But the first question that actually came to me, I'm really like curious, what, um, what do you feel uh, brings you fulfillment in life? And what is your definition about like on fulfillment? Uh, ooh, that's a great question. Um, so I guess the first time I really thought about fulfillment was kind of what started my journey um, into what well, I didn't even know at the time. It was just searching for answers. So it had nothing to do with spirituality. It was just like, hey, something's missing. Um, at the time I was um, just working, I was a serial entrepreneur, uh, meaning I was start all kinds of businesses, opportunities, projects, try with the intention of trying to make money. And money was the driver um, a lot of the time. And uh, my whole life, I was kind of like, not directly told, but kind of told by my peers, the society, my parents, that like, hey, if you want to be happy, you have to have a lot of money. And success is equal to having money and prove your success by being um, successful by making money. And so that was kind of like the conditioning I had. And once I started making a little bit of money, not a lot of money, but, you know, comfortable and, you know, being able to like go on vacation a couple of times a year, own a nice car, have a house, got married, had kids. It's kind of like got into this, um, weird feeling of something was missing. And I remember sitting at the edge of my bed one day, it was kind of like looking at my hands and I had this kind of like vision of um, looking at my hands as like my grandfather's hands. They looked really old, wrinkly. And it was the, the thought that popped into my head is like, you can just keep doing what you're doing before you know it like this, you're going to be old and your whole life's going to pass by. And what was the point? And I realized that I didn't really have a purpose. You know, I was doing all these things to occupy my time, to keep my mind occupied, to chase something material. And it had no impact on anyone. Um, there was like nothing I was going to leave behind. No one would care if I even existed. Um, and and I just felt this, this awareness of this new emptiness that existed within me, which I hadn't realized before. But now I was aware of it. So I didn't know what it meant. Uh, I just thought about it more and more and more. And it's sort of like caving this hole inside my chest. And I was just like, wow, um, what's the point really? Not, not the point to the fact where like, Hey, you know, I want to, you know, getting depressed or anything like that. I just felt this emptiness. So I was like, okay. And then, um, I started searching for answers and that was what kind of spawned 
um, a big trajectory in my journey. And I started with just like reading like philosophy and spiritual, not spiritual, religious texts. So like Bhagavad Gita, reading to Buddhism, reading into um, Stoicism, different philosophies, trying to understand all appear in my mind, my because I was a smart kid. So it was like, I could figure this out, I could figure this out with my brain. Um, and that started a pretty long journey, which we can get into a little bit more. But um, fulfillment now, it's it's a feeling, you know, and I think if I really think about it, when I feel fulfilled, I'm usually in service. I'm usually with people. I'm usually doing things that are meaningful, um, which is usually translates to helping others or being connected to others or creating things with others. So being creative, whether it's music or dance or helping people um, improve their lives or, you know, doing a project that I know is both meaningful for me, but creates a lot of value for others. So I feel really good about that. And so like the two can merge where like you can be open to abundance because, hey, it's great to um, have the ability to do cool things and to, share in a bigger way or um, travel. Um, but, you know, there has to be another side to it. It can't just be about trying to make money. Um, so fulfillment for me is is more like a state of being. It's like feeling like I'm, I matter, feeling that <clears throat> not I'm important where like people see me as important, but I feel like I'm providing value in my life to the people that I love and the people in my community. So that feels very fulfilling uh, as well. Um, and also I guess fulfilling is, um, just really remembering that everything is the way it's supposed to be and perfect. Mm. And when I feel that, and I trust in that, I feel fulfilled because I know that everything is, is exactly the way it is. There's not anything that's missing, you know, and the mind will try to trick you into like, Oh, this is happening or worry about this or, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, like this is just a part of the experience. And so when I'm in that space, I feel fulfilled. When I'm in lack and worry, then I feel unfulfilled because I feel like there's things missing, right? Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but those are some of the, the things that come to mind when I when I feel into fulfillment. Yes, it's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing this this story because sometimes we are like um so on like autopilot with like our lives, and then like having this reflection and like stop and be present for a while and actually ask ourselves those questions that can change our life completely if we start looking for the answers. And I remember like my story, it was uh, like similar with like all of like my whole life and everything that I was doing. Um, it just like, I felt this emptiness in within me. And I was like, I know deep inside that I'm here to do something like meaningful and that has that will uh, bring impact and it's interesting that like asking ourselves di different questions actually can uh brought us to a completely different path what what uh -huh. were the questions that you were asking yourself back then oh just like one was like what's the point of doing what i'm doing right now mm -hmm. like how is this meaningful it's not like it doesn't really you know i was <sighs> when I was in that space of like entrepreneurship, it was like, what can I do that benefits me? How can I buy something and sell it for the maximum amount of profit? How can I, like, it was always one-sided. It wasn't about like creating value all the way around. And when I started seeing that, I was like, okay, like that's, that's a problem. Um, but it was really like, 
asking like, what is my purpose? Like, what do I want to really bring into this world? Like what, what can I do that will be important or feel important to me and create impact on others? So they were very vague questions and like, why are we here? Period. Like human beings, like, what are we doing here? Like, this is, doesn't make sense. Kind of <laughs> like, it's kind of odd. Um, they're very big existential questions that I think I still am looking for answers for. Like I still find myself in patterns of like always wanting to do more. And so like, you know, then it kind of questions me, okay, if I'm wanting to do all these projects, I try to justify with, oh, but they're doing good. They're, they're, they have, they'll make me feel more fulfilled, I guess. But then if you feel fulfilled, can you feel more fulfilled? Or is it like, you know, once you feel fulfilled, mm. you feel fulfilled, right? So there's still some things in my mind, some old programs that I'm trying to figure out about, um, about continuing to add more to my plate and never feeling like it's enough um at times because i keep myself super busy so that's something i'm currently working through it's like okay like how can i just say no to things because i i have everything that i need right now you mm-hmm. know? um so that was the question and then it was really just like um trying to learn from other people so it's like hey really realizing that i, I don't know anything and then how do i um learn more it's like listening to different perspectives and trying to understand other points of view other than my own because i realize it's very limited yeah. So when on your journey, breathwork came to you? Yeah. Um, so probably like 2015, I had my first podcast at the time. And I was working with a website that was kind of like a blog on Facebook and stuff like that. And um, I met a guy by the name of Wim Hof. So we were doing the, we used to do these little gatherings. So one thing I like to do was like just to share and get together. I realized that that made me feel good finding like-minded people who were looking to make the world a better place. We had these little gatherings. And I was always trying to find inspiring people that were different to push the boundaries. And I found a video of this guy, Wim Hof. And um, I remember watching a video and I was like, Oh, I'd love to meet this guy one day. And so after watching the video and everyone was like, wow, it's amazing. And I reached out to him and uh, we became friends. I invited him to be on a podcast this was before he was like super famous. So I guess he was still doing podcasts at that time for guys <laughs> like me. Um, and then he invited me to do his teacher training level one in LA. And I was like, okay, I'll try that out. So I went to LA, did my first ice bath there. I did a few like lake dips to kind of prepare just to get ready, but it was my first real ice bath and I did the breath work and I still wasn't going too deep in the breath work at that time. It was just kind of like experimenting with, and I felt shifts, like, I felt like, oh, I feel a little bit different after doing this breath work. I feel lighter or whatever. Um, but it wasn't until, so after we did that one, he invited me to the week-long certification in Colorado. And when I went there, um, you know, I was practicing my breath holes, the Wim Hof method. And um, this one experience he led us through, it was like this deeper breathing experience. So we went for like 30, 40 minutes of deep breathing and at one point I totally had this like out of body experience. Um, I was like, felt like I was floating around the room. I could like kind of see myself. And I remember coming back to my body and sort of crying like a baby, like complete mm-hmm. tears. I didn't even know where they were coming from. I didn't know. It just felt good. It was like a release. And I, I felt like I was releasing just years of emotion that I wasn't allowed to express as a man and, and feelings of frustration and catharsis and, I remember coming back and just laying there, like feeling kind of reborn in a way. It sounds kind of like cliche, but I felt like kind of in that moment I was reborn. I didn't even know what happened. And I remember leaving that weekend saying like, 
I need to explore that. Like that was something very unique, different, um, unexplainable. That for me at the time, I didn't take anything. I had experience with psychedelics, but um, I never had an experience like that with psychedelics. And so I started searching and just trying to understand more, signing up for more breathwork classes, whatever, you know, holotropic, transformational, experiencing that. And then um, I found myself just really called to creating my own practice. So I, there was things I liked about different ones I did, but things that didn't resonate. And I started listening to music and breathing to the music. And it sort of just led me down this path. And every time I do it, I intuitively would be like, okay, hey, now try this or add this or go into this meditation. And I was bringing myself to really interesting places that I felt really good. And I just started sharing it. Like, I was like, hey, you want to try this? Because I was doing Wim Hof. It's like, here, I have something different I want to share with you. And then, like, right away, I saw that they were having a similar experience to what I was having. Not the same because it's always different, but similar breakthrough or um, euphoric release or whatever. And, and it was very clear at that time, like that brought me fulfillment. It was like when I was able to share that experience, I was holding space. So they were having an experience, but I was still having a different experience now, which was also fulfilling, which I was like part of this. And these bonds would be formed in these spaces where you feel like super connected to the people you're sharing it with. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, like, this is it. Like, I love doing this. And so that's how kind of elemental rhythm breathwork kind of started. And then I just started having a weekly class, which got full and there's a waiting list. And then, um, you know, COVID came around and um, all my staff at, at the place of a studio in Toronto with like ice baths and saunas and all the staff were like, oh, you got to teach us how to do it now. We're shut down. Now you have time. And I was like, I don't know if I can teach people. And then a deeper question arose was like, Hey man, do you really want to teach this to people? Cause this is your thing. This is very unique. This is what you do. People seek you out for this. And I was like, Oh shit. So my ego was checking, checking in saying, Hey man, so you, you want to be of service, right? And you want to help people. <laughs> and I, when I sat with it, it was very clear right away. You know, I just was meditating on it and it was a, if you want to really serve people, you have to teach people how to do this. Cause that's how you're going to help the most amount of people. Mm. And so I said, okay guys, I'll try. Let's see what happens. So you did the first teacher training and it was kind of like making it up as I went along and, you know, but each time I'd figure out ways to teach it better. Um, Some of the things are hard to teach, right? It's more about experience. So a lot of the teacher training has a lot of experience, just getting people to get their feet wet, to go out, to share. And and it was amazing. And then what I didn't think was going to happen, but was even more fulfilling was when they were coming back and they were sharing their experiences that they, having with their friends and family who they they loved it was when they would share that with me like they're like getting emotional sharing with me and i'm getting goosebumps and feeling it too it was like this crazy like reciprocity of like spreading something that went way beyond myself and now like you know i know this is happening like in poland or in europe or south america like these experiences are happening and you know i had a small role to play in that because i shared it with someone who felt inspired and then i helped them to learn how to do it and now they're sharing with people and it's just this amazing a chain reaction that's that's been happening um and that feels really good to me you know and i'm i'm just really blessed to to be able to be part of that and you know like have this amazing community of people that you know i have these really close relationships with all the facilitators I just love hearing about their experiences and all these opportunities that they've been getting and uh it's just been amazing yeah it's been amazing yeah i'm so glad for your intuitive you know insights and <laughs> And and uh, the whole practice that you have created, because 
uh, like a little bit of my story when I came to Costa Rica. And I've never thought about becoming a breathwork facilitator, but I always had the intention because I was already holding space for people for deep transformation. And my intention was always to to have the tools that will help them go deeper and maybe in a more like safe and sometimes faster or easiest way. Mm-hmm. And I remember like one evening I just saw like an Instagram breathwork class and my intuition was like so strong. I was like, you know, I, I, I wanted to stay at home in my bed, but my intuition was like just pulling me <laughs> out of bed. And um, I went there and it was your class and it was such a profound experience. And actually, I was like, it's unbelievable that you've put together all of like the small things that I was already like working with, like the music. And for me, being a, de- a dancer, it was like music, it's such an important part. Mm-hmm. And then um, like heart coherence and hopopono and working with inner child. And I was like, oh my God, it's because it, it's not only like breath work, it's everything mm-hmm. that is uh, like before and after that, which makes the whole experience such a powerful mm-hmm. um practice and I remember that then you were sharing about uh, becoming a breathwork facilitator and my mind was like mm, no it's 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 not for me but then like I was going there every single week and what was happening to me I was like you don't know what you don't know like you go to the class and it's like uh-huh. like every other class I I was having breakthrough and uh, at some point I was like, I just need to share it. It's, it's such a powerful tool. And I already knew so many tools. I, it was just like a deeper calling. So for me, it was also like a beautiful story, how like the, the universe, let's say is guiding us. Uh, sometimes we, we don't know what it, what is in our path, but our intentions are guiding us and connecting to the right mm-hmm. people. So this was beautiful. And right now sharing this with so many people, it's, it's amazing. So I'm super, super grateful uh, for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to have you part of the family. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like you shared a little bit of that, uh, but also on like your, like in your personal life, because for me, uh, breath work, uh, when it came to me, I was healing a really deep trauma and breath work for me was one of the tools that helped me uh, the most integrate all of that. And it's mm-hmm. still one of the tools. And of course, like there's many different uh, like areas of my life that uh, this tool helped me, but I'm curious, like how the breath work, this, this one particular uh, impacted your life and like your inner world and what it helped you with it just brought me so much clarity you know like it just really brought me a lot of clarity and just helped me to like calm the the mind and and in that space of clarity where you can feel a lot more it was easier to make decisions easier easier to see what was really the root of some of the things that were bothering me it was easier to you know, see aspects of myself that really need that attention. And, you know, like I've done a lot of plant medicine and I find that the plant medicine is really good for like stopping a pattern or habit or bringing something to the awareness. But there was still so much more about like that integration piece that I find that breath work delivers in in a different way, like with a lot more clarity and you can get really specific with it. It's not, you know, like traveling through the astral plane and stuff (laughs) like that. 
Um, and so I like just breathwork is a blanket term. There's a lot of things that are considered breathwork. And, you know, sometimes my daily practice, I'll just work on breath holds. And, and sometimes I'll do like an elemental rhythm kind of breathing or sometimes like Wim Hof breathing. It really depends what I'm, what I'm feeling like that day and how much time I have. Um, and, and, you know, that's what I love about it too. It's like, you know, it's, it, our breath is so connected to our physical body, emotional body, our mental state of being. Um, and if you can improve your breathing habits on a daily basis, you know, you haven't improved all of those. And if you can use it to then, you know, help get clarity and release, you know, things from your emotional body, it's like, there's just so many ways that it can, it can work with someone. Um, so yeah, so I, I do use breath work a lot myself personally. Um, I don't do as many of the deeper experiences that I would like just because I'm always facilitating. Um, so I always love when I get an opportunity to be on the receiving end of that. Like this weekend I was, uh, I had a summit in Costa Rica and um, on the last day, like only a couple people showed up and I had an assistant. It was okay. Like you lead, I'm going to, I'm going to breathe. And it was really nice to be in that space um, to close off my trip at Costa Rica, Costa Rica. Mm, amazing. And for people who maybe already experienced the breathwork practice or are curious about that, can you share a little bit more? Why is this so powerful? Like what is actually like happening with our bodies? Yeah, there's a lot of theories for sure. Um, and it really depends like what type of breathing. So like the nervous system is connected to, to your breath, um, inhale and exhale. So inhale will increase heart rate and exhale will decrease it. So, you know, things like slowing down your breathing, make you feel more calm. It'll clear your mind. Um, it'll help you to feel more relaxed, help you to sleep better. You know, um, breathing less is really important. Breathing mechanics, breathing deeper into your diet get better um, gas exchange with uh, oxygen and carbon dioxide. Um, there's a lot of like physical things. Um, when we get into more of um, like the deeper breathing, so a few things happen. Um, number one is your brain waves can change into like um, alpha, theta brainwave state. Um, and usually in those brain digestible so as i was bringing myself into those places intuitive is like okay like we should put something here like gratitude meditation or self-reflection or something and then when i started doing that i was like okay wow like the breath work is like opening this door to then go like deeper into myself um so that's one you know the default mode network um the prefrontal cortex the activity changes in there similar to like psychedelics um with breath work and sometimes that can give you access to like memories that are suppressed and stuff like that um, and then like in the really deeper experiences, um, you know, there's a lot of speculation about like DMT release. Um, and what happens is when you're over breathing, you're, you're releasing a lot of carbon dioxide as you release the carbon dioxide, um, the pH changes in your body. So that can create some different feelings and tingling and sometimes feelings of euphoria. But also what happens is because you don't have the CO2, um, your, your carbon dioxide actually delivers oxygen to your cells. So without carbon dioxide, you wouldn't be able to deliver any of the oxygen. And when you when you release too much carbon dioxide, the red blood cells hold on to it. So your blood becomes very oxygenated and your tissues are kind of starved of oxygen for a little bit. And so when the oxygen levels drop in your brain, your body thinks it's like dying and you have these like kind of like near-death experiences where you get you know brought to that kind of edge and the body kind of is preparing you to have a mini death in this breathwork experience. And that's where all the magic happens. And, mm. you know, you, you can see aspects of your life, you, you feel it euphoria you can release emotions um and that's kind of like what what's happening um 
So like different things can happen, different parts, and there's a lot of different systems that are used, but in a nutshell, you know, anywhere from reducing stress and anxiety to clearing your mind, to having these full blown, like psychedelic type experiences. Yeah. Yeah. So much. And uh, yeah, you actually mentioned plant medicine and this is something that I would also like to talk about. And for me, breath work is also like an amazing tool to like integrate what is happening on uh, the ceremonies, but also like going into those days that, that are, really similar to, to those when uh, you are working with plant medicine. So um, I remember that um, like some time ago you were mentioning on Instagram story or live, I think it was that someone asked ask you or like was surprised that you are going to the ceremony and work with the plant medicine again. And, <laughs> and I would really like to talk about that because there's like so many like beliefs and like maybe misunderstanding around like this world, let's say. Mm-hmm. And I remember that like a few years ago, I was really judgmental about that. And then when I tried and like intuition brought me, uh, brought me here to the space of the ceremony. And before that I was really judgmental and I felt like such a huge breakthrough and I actually understood what, what does it mean to work with plant medicines? And, uh, and this is a beautiful space and also one of the most powerful tools, um, so I, I'm really curious, like, what is your approach uh, to that? And uh, yeah, if you can share a little bit more. Yeah. For me too, like I knew nothing about it back in 2012 when I kind of first was came into my kind of field of awareness. But once it did, it was like super strong. Like this is, you have to try this. You have to try this. You have to try this. So, you know, I told my wife I was going to Brazil for a couple of weeks to drink some tea that would give me these visions and stuff. <laughs> that was completely crazy. Um, but, you know, from the first experience, I had a death experience. It just really opened my eyes to a lot of the things I was reading and the philosophies about life and death. And um, it gave me more of an experiential understanding. So it wasn't just me thinking, oh, that makes sense. I understand that. I was able to understand and embody some of the things I was learning. For me, that was huge. Um, you know, just life after death and the continuity of the soul and the spirit and, you know, so many things that um, helped me see patterns in my life to help heal. Like I didn't really have any major traumas, um, which in a way, well, I'm grateful for, um, but I had to get a lot more specific onto like why I had certain patterns, like what was the driving force between these behaviors and the stress and why I do certain things. And, you know, building a relationship with ayahuasca and other plant medicines, it's kind of like a dance where it gives you a few clues and then you really got to reflect on it. And over time, like there's just different layers, subtle layers of understanding. And so, you know, like some people are like, yeah, they hear about ayahuasca, go, you know, do a few sessions and you fix yourself or whatever, you cure yourself, whatever. And I think for some people that can be true, but for me, there's always more to learn about life, about yourself, about the universe, um, and so, you know, that's why I keep going back because, um, I'm always curious to see what's next. And usually I wait till I feel called if I can, um, cause it definitely is a calling. I don't think it's for everyone, but you know, once you start hearing about it, it's popping up and you feel that kind of pull towards it, you know, usually it's something to explore, I would say. 
Yeah. Um, that's yeah, been my experience. Yeah, that's interesting. And like, because I had some people like asking me about uh, ayahuasca as well. And I felt the calling, but before I was actually guided to the right ceremony and I had like a really clear intention about the space. And I really wanted this to be uh, super safe and divinely guided. But now I know that the whole universe was like preparing me with my like processes that like my inner process that was happening before that. Because for me, actually, the first uh, ayahuasca ceremony was the remembrance of a really deep um, trauma. And then on the other ceremonies, like working with like another layers to that. And so and this was the calling, but also the preparation. So like all of the work that I've done, like with different medicines or like uh, healers and so on. Um, so this is, I think, really important also for people who, because now it's like more popular and we hear uh, uh, more and more things about that. But to really, I think, like bring the intention and really feel is this like calling me or is it just like my ego? Like want to uh, want to try it. Um, so. If you if you can share like what was your biggest uh, like recently biggest like breakthrough or aha moment or like noticing like some pattern or changing the perspective? Yeah, um, oh, there's so many. Uh, in the beginning, it was a lot of, like fireworks and like oh this is crazy and <laughs> you know some things would be revealed. But you know as I've been gaining more experience, I feel like there's more of like a, a conversation with the medicine where we, you know, we can talk about, you know, things and kind of like a dialogue that's formed. And, um, I guess recently, um, and it wasn't even with ayahuasca. Ayahuasca helped like make more understanding, but, you know, we were in Costa Rica and it's around New Year's and a bunch of friends that were coming in town and, um, you know, some of them said, Hey, let's do something cool. Maybe go to nature. I'm like, okay, let's go to my friend has this property with waterfalls and we take some mushrooms and just go have a really amazing day. And the day that when it was supposed to happen in the morning, which was to leave and meet and no one showed up. It was just me and my friend on the property and waiting there eight 39. And I'm just like feeling like, Oh shit, no one's coming, whatever. And feelings of like, not being good enough or why are they not coming? Maybe they don't like me. And so questioning myself, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, forget it. I'm, I'm just going to go and have a day for myself. This is what I need. And, um, I go and had the most beautiful day and I was out in the river and just sitting there with the butterflies and, you know, took a little bit of mushrooms and the insights like, yeah, you need more self-care. You need to take care of yourself more. And it was very clear. And so, okay, maybe that's the message. And, um, every once in a while, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to bring this person here. Oh, I can't wait to share this with someone else. And like the mind kept going there and, and it was very obvious that my mind kept going there. And that was kind of the clue that I needed in that thing. I didn't get an answer, but it was like, Hey, why do I always feel like it's never enough to just have the experience myself? Why do I need mm -hmm. to share with others? Why do I need to want to bring people and have all these experiences and just saw where it showed up in other areas of my life. And that's really important too, is a self-awareness. It's like, you might see something, in the medicine, but it's like, how do you reflect on that and integrate it? And so I was asking that question and then, you know, the following week, um, we were doing a little bit of uh, plant medicine and some breath work on the beach. And, um, during part of the experience, I started, um, going back kind of to when I was young and I saw that when I was like, I was, I'm a young, my middle brother is five years younger than me. So between zero to five, I was the only child. 
And then, you know, when they're baby, a couple of years, you're still kind of on your own or even less because, you know, your parents are giving them all the attention. Yeah. Now. And I remember going to a few different schools and this and that. And I remember like feeling very lonely. And I remember that I was smart. And when I could prove that I was smart or whatever, that people would want to be my friend because I had something value to offer them. I could help them with their work or, you know, I was good in sports. They want me to be on their team. Or if I had a toy, they want to play with me. So then I started programming, hey, if I have stuff or if I have something to offer, then I will be alone. And it clicked. Ooh, and I was like, holy wow. shit. And then when my brother was born old enough to play with me, I felt this sense of companionship. But the program was already formed by the time I was eight. And so then always it was anytime I felt rejected, I would go into like personal development mode. I'm going to go to the gym and I'll learn something new. I'm going to become a better person. Anytime I failed, it was right back to that. It was like, okay, I don't want to feel this rejection. And the more I could provide value and create experiences for people and whatever, the less I'd feel alone. So I had this core wound and belief around being alone and what that felt like. And this is like after like 50 or 60 ayahuasca ceremonies that it was able to, to show me like, and it wasn't even ayahuasca, but it was like all these layers that get peeled back were important to get to that realization. And so now when I feel that kind of like drives, okay, wait a minute, you know, I can choose how I want to show up now. This is not true anymore. The truth is that I'm not alone. I have a lot of people that care about me and, and care for me, but I could see the pattern of all the tough times in my life or where I took it really hard. There was this fear of losing things, fear of failure. Mm. It wasn't just the failure. It was like, Oh, are people going to abandon me if I'm not successful or if I lose my, all my money or if whatever, you know, like what I'm known for. And so that was one really big one. And then the other one um, recently with the ayahuasca, which is a very subtle one, you know, it was like, you know, I have this, this conversation, I was going to take the night off and, you know, sitting in my bed and, and the medicine's like, Hey, well, look, if, if you want to take another cup, there's something special there for you, but it's up to you. You don't have to do it. I was like, okay, once you put it like that, I guess there's not really much of a choice. <laughs> And so I took the medicine. I went to go lay down, just waiting, waiting. And then like it all just hit me and it just showed me how my whole life, this, this drive to make money, I always justified it with my mind saying, oh, it helped me learn. I failed in some, but I got stronger and I learned things and it made me more resilient, blah, blah, blah. But I never took into account the, the emotional pain, the, the mm. emotional, the, the effect it had on my emotional body, my heart, and just burying all those feelings when you're going through it. It's like, be stronger. Don't feel this. Don't be, be a man or what, all the stories. And it was like, look at the toll you took on yourself and your heart and like the relationships in your life and how hard that was both to feel like you're failing and then to feel like you're, you're failing in your relationships because you're trying so hard. And uh, it really helped me to like, heal that part of me and just really give myself that compassion and forgiveness and all of those things, which was something I had zero awareness of. Like, it was just like not even a thing, you know, to have that mm -hmm. going through, you know, this entrepreneurial life. And I'm sure a lot of people experience that in the, in the corporate world as entrepreneurs. And it's like, Hey, like you need to bring yourself back into balance because these things are still there. And it was like showing me, I was like, yeah, I was these things is holding on to like this, this pain. So um, that's another beautiful, but there's, there's hundreds, you know, like every, every experience, there's some kind of lesson or insight um, that's quite beautiful and, and, and helped me in my life in many ways. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. And for me, it's like, because like the first example uh, that you shared, it's like what you were doing, it was, I guess, like the intention and the action was good. It wasn't like toxic for others, but at the same time, like it was coming from some core wound. It was so easy to justify. 
exactly. it was so easy. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm doing, but but yeah. what was the driver for it? It was not healthy for me because the, it was always pushing me to do these things. Yeah, and it's because sometimes we feel like we only need to look at the things that are toxic, like toxic behaviors or habits. But actually, I also had this uh, realization that. Um, like the beginning of my like work, when I found my mission, I connected with my mission, but some things that I was doing, they were actually coming from like unhealed place within me. And even if right now those are the same things, I'm doing them from like completely different, like energy and intention. And I can feel like there's not like no expectations. It's just like pure uh pure intention and um and action yeah yeah so this was just the, the reflection that even though like right now i'm doing exactly the same things but it's coming from a different energy and like being faced with radical truth it's not comfortable it's like it's like oh like seeing those aspects of yourself that you don't want to see and mm -hmm. seeing seeing the shadow and for me like plant medicine is also like being uh like so close and connected to your light and your shadow and really like embracing those two like even connecting with the 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 trauma like after it was a really deep process like the shaman really like needed to guide me like for hours actually to uh to to heal that but from that like i was connected to like the lioness the like my inner power and i was like right now like i'm in I'm connected to my to my power and I felt such an amazing energy and for me this was also one of the biggest lessons that because like before that I understood on some level that our like light and our gifts are actually like in our like shadow aspects but like experiencing that like on like in my body and on my emotions and it was really really deep and then like going through this whole process and feeling completely different energy and those gifts and everything that I un unlocked within me. Uh, yeah, this was like understanding that on a deeper level, like a self level. So, yeah. Oh. Uh, so one more thing, because like the podcast is called Intuition Island. So I'm really curious, um, how often do you follow your intuition? And yeah. what was what is your relationship with your intuition, if you can share yeah um so there's a point where i didn't even know what intuition was um and i i try to find the balance between intuition and tap into feeling a lot but um i'd say it's a major guiding force in 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 my life um yeah it's, it's interesting how you know i read a book called the surrender experience experiment which is more like you know surrendering and so i kind of like surrendering which means like allowing things to happen that you know nothing is good or bad and usually in the long run it's unfolding perfectly for you um and you know the mind tries to get in the way sometimes and um it's really important to try to get into that feeling that gut feeling for example like sometimes you'll see synchronicities and then the mind will be like oh it's a sign like follow your intuition this is exactly what's right for you um but sometimes it's not perfect and then really you know the mind's tricking you it's really got to feel into each situation um you know like a new opportunity it's like oh i was someone told me about this and then the next day i had this opportunity and 
Um, I'm just following my intuition. It's leading me down this path, you know, the right way, but really, you know, you're attracting things into your awareness and then you still have to really decide if it's the right thing for you or not. And so, you know, intuition plays a lot of that, like just feeling into it, but then also, you know, using, you know, like my, my brain to really analyze and then feel. So like really think about, you know, different aspects of it, but then also feeling it. So I, I think it's, I guess, I don't trust my intuition enough to fully just like go by feelings. So, but it's mainly guided by feelings, but then also like taking time to kind of like observe and, you know, try to see beyond um, the quick decisions. Cause sometimes they've, they've haven't been perfect in the past. And um, I guess they were perfect in the end, you know, <laughs> all the experiences I needed to happen the way they were supposed to. Um, but yeah, int- intuition is really, really important. And there's ways to kind of like work with your intuition. And a lot of it has to just be with self-awareness and feeling into like feelings. Cause you know, your emotions are like a GPS to your soul and all the, the things that you feel are trying to tell you things that you need to work on or um, that you need to bring awareness to. Um, and then like intuition, it's not really an emotion, I guess, because it can feel kind of like more like just like a pull in the direction, you know, like just like bring your awareness to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's always um, trying to decipher what the awareness, like what's that, what's that really about? You know, hey, there's something here you got to bring your awareness to. And now what's the decision? It doesn't necessarily mean like it's telling me to do this. It's like, hey, here's something. How do you feel about it? Like what, what, what is it there? So I don't know if that's your question, but it's kind of like a blend of like, being pulled and then being aware and trying to like Mm -hmm. make conscious decisions without rushing and like trying to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, it's not about like when I teach about intuition, I'm like, it's not that like our brain, our mind is like bad and we need to fight with that. It's just like keeping the balance. It's yeah, balance between feminine and masculine, the, like mm-hmm. the same, uh, the same thing. But you've mentioned about synchronicities, and um, I think it was your last episode of your podcast. Like you've mentioned some big synchronicities, and for me, like synchronicities are the sign that like I am aligned with my heart, and like I'm following. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like every path will be okay, and like surrendering, but. I know that this is when uh, like the universe is showing me that I'm choosing the path of my heart. And um, can you share like uh, any maybe like stories around synchronicities that like was like a sign for you that, Oh, okay. I'm on the right path. Yeah. Like there's a lot of crazy (laughs) ones um, for sure, but it's just like things popping into your awareness um, that are kind of affirming. Um, but I will say like, when you start thinking about stuff, when you start manifesting and focusing on the things that you want, it's going to start coming to your awareness, you know, and then you have to really determine, okay, like I brought this into my awareness. Is this, does this mean it's right for me or not? And then it's really getting clear on, you know, feeling into how you want to feel rather than the things that you want. Um, but just how every day there's synchronicities, like seeing like numbers, that come up or something that I'm thinking about keeps popping into my awareness. Um, But again, like just because it's there, like it probably means I'm on the right path, but it still doesn't mean like go in blind. It's like, Hey, like, okay, this is coming. Okay. Let's, let's really tap into this and get clear on what that means. So um, yeah, like I've had some crazy ones, like one one funny one um, and ayahuasca makes a quick story, but uh, I was in a ceremony recently 
And um, for some reason, like I couldn't, I was thinking about my friend's son because I wanted to get him a gift. He was helping me back in Toronto. Couldn't remember his name. Like I, I know this, this guy's a really close friend of mine. Can't remember his son's name. And my intention that night was just to celebrate and party. I was turning 40 and I wanted to really celebrate life and, um, you know, just get clear on like what's next. And, you know, a lot of my 40s and before was about unlearning and now it's about like learning and trust and that kind of stuff. And then I wanted to have my birthday party in Costa Rica. And there's a guy who had his beautiful property on the beach. I couldn't remember his name either. It was like two names. Like, what the hell is going on now? <laughs> and so halfway through the ceremony, I'm outside. I'm looking at the moon. I remember my friend Luke telling me about there's a Jesus, Jesus statue on the other side of the Maloka. And it's like, yeah, I want to go sit with Jesus. And I felt this, like, super powerful Christ consciousness. And, you know, I grew up Catholic, but I kind of lost connection to the church for sure. Mm. But not necessarily Jesus. Like, I still really resonate with Christ consciousness and some of the teachings. And so I go to sit down with Jesus and um, start talking to him. You know, in my mind, I'm talking to him, having this conversation. So the bench, I'm talking and um, I'm just asking him questions. And the answer to each question is the same. It's like, love is the answer. Don't overthink it. You know, love is the answer. Love is the answer. And like asking a question before I even finish asking, it's like, love is the answer. <laughs> and then I'm start think, sitting there, I'm in the medicine. I'm kind of like, am I actually talking to Jesus? And it's funny, I'm looking, see, here's a synchronicity. Up on my desk here is a little Jesus statue <laughs> from, when, from when my grandfather passed away. Mm. Um, so I guess that's a synchronicity. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Jesus, you know, like, am I talking to you or talking to myself here? Is this really, or am I just making myself believe that? And I'm like, and I was thinking about those two names I couldn't remember. And I was like, okay, if you're real and I'm talking to you, when I'm going to tap, I'm going to close my eyes, I'm going to focus on Christ consciousness. You're going to give me two names, those two names. And literally I closed my eyes and right away, two names came. It was Leo. So Leo is my, my friend's son's name. Leo oh, is wow. the lion, which is the sun, which is Jesus. Is yeah. representative. And Lotus. Lotus is the other guy's name. Which <laughs> Lotus is the flower that represents resurrection, transformation. It goes from the mud and wow. it goes from the light. And it was just like, yes, I'm here. <laughs> is, that, is that enough for you? Do you believe now? And I was just like, what the hell? I was like laughing, crying. And it was like, all right, I guess, you know, beyond 40, it's like just trusting in like these higher mm-hmm. powers for good that, you know, whatever my, whatever my belief is of how they might've been hijacked for control and whatever at the core is a, a really good, powerful teaching that, you know, you can still resonate with no matter what you believe. It's like, you know, the teachings are there and that's a, a great thing to follow. So, you know, all these synchronicities in one shot just came together to help <laughs> me to kind of believe it was a weird experience, but powerful yeah. one to say the least. Yeah. So, you know, I haven't gone back to church yet, but I really feel a deeper connection to, you know, that Christ consciousness mm-hmm. energy. That makes sense. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing this story. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, so now, uh, last question, I guess. I want you to imagine uh, that everyone who is listening to the podcast, they are opening up their journals and they are about to write down some like message that will flow from your heart right now and they will be uh they will write it down and each day they will come back to this message and this will like (laughs) uplift them or inspire them or will be like guidance on their path so Mm -hmm. what would that message be Hmm. um yeah so i guess the message would be is just to 
Number one is to trust yourself, to know that deep inside your heart, there is this light that um, is ready to shine. If it's not already shining, it can continue to shine brighter and that um, within you is the power to create change at any moment. Any single breath is an opportunity for something new to be created. Um, and just to trust in that feeling of possibility, even if it's just a little bit right now, but at any given moment, someone could come into your life, something can shift, something can, a new awareness can come. Um, growth happens around every corner and no matter where you are now, um, if you choose to, um, trust in that, um, the path forward is going to be magical and amazing. And even in your lowest moments is, is a time of great, greatest growth and opportunity. Um, so really just trust yourself, not to get too, um, consumed by all of the outside pressures of the world and just to look anywhere and just to focus on, you know, that small thing that you can do today to keep growing and, and expanding and learning. Mm, that's so beautiful i will write it down <laughs> in my <laughs> journal that's for sure <laughs> oh yeah thank you so much Gio, for like everything that you shared your energy your time and all those beautiful stories and insights um if people want to follow you find your work find like know more about the um, elemental rhythm if you can share where, where they can go yeah so um instagram elemental geo on instagram is if you want to connect with me directly um we have a youtube channel it's a bunch of videos over the years around plant medicine i have a documentary on there too that i made about plant medicine it's called psyched out watch for free um elementalrhythm.com if you're curious about breath work and we have some courses on there as well that are really awesome um one particular is called creative visioning process which i uh, highly recommend uh, it's a really good tool for manifesting and creating stuff um and yeah just th those two sites are, are the main two that i guess you'll find me i have giovannibartomail.com just talked a little bit more about me it probably needs to be updated but that's where you can find out more about me or connect with me um and i'd love to connect with people so don't hesitate to reach out okay perfect thank you so much <laughs> camila i love you so much thank you for all that you do and and all the things the beautiful teachings and the community and just shining your light and all the people you touch you're such a beautiful soul and thank you for the opportunity to bring me on here to share a little bit with your community i hope they get some value out of it and um, keep doing what you're doing you're doing an amazing job thank you <laughs> mm -hmm.